that's the cold open. There, there's no cold open. We go straight into the Baldur's Gate three discussion because holy crap, um, you got a this lot of game feelings. is this game is really 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 good. Uh, I say this, I think, without any exaggeration, but within the six or so years that we've been doing this podcast, I don't think there's been a game that's released that is more up the alley for for us for this audience. I think this is probably the the game that I would want people who listen to this show to most play over the entire course of the time we've been doing the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's say it. Let's do uh, it. I mean, Baldur's Gate. I don't even know where to start. I guess was set up. We were talking about early access, so maybe like chronologically, that's the right way to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us played early access um, no. of Baldur's Gate three. <clears throat> Not really. I'll get into that in a second, but. Also, I just realized we started recording. Sorry, I looked away for a second. I thought we <laughs> it did the countdown. And, oh, I didn't do the countdown. There's a, there's a, for people who are who are listening to this now, there is a visual countdown on the screen in the in the environment that that we use to record. Um, but Katie looked away from the screen, so she didn't realize yeah, that we bad. started. <laughs> I, I used to do a countdown shit on my desk, so I was trying to clear it away quietly, I, and I didn't. They're getting ready to talk about Baldur's Gate 3 and Katie's tidying up the desk. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're all good. Um, I think people are going to be excited for this episode. It seems like their reaction online has just been, it's just 10 out of 10. People are mm-hmm. really, really into Baldur's Gate 3. Um, top 10 all-time concurrent players on, on Steam. Clearly number one right now, but it's made it to number nine for the all-time highest number of concurrent players. I think they made it over 700,000 concurrent. um, Number one on Twitch. Uh, I think Larian said that they had hoped to maybe get to 100,000 concurrent on Steam. Mm -hmm. And they've made it to 700,000. I don't know what type of units sold numbers. We probably won't get that for like a month. But uh, by all accounts, this game has landed with a huge splash and it's very, very, very well deserved. It's almost daunting to talk about because there's so much to get into. There's so much breadth, like width to the game and so much depth. I, I really don't think that there has been a fantasy RPG this wide and this deep uh, probably ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say that as someone who's played a lot of fantasy RPGs, but it's it's staggering to... Kind, kind of try and wrap your head around a game of this size. Now, as someone who is not currently able to play Baldur's Gate and is very sad about it, how does this compare to Larian's previous game, Divinity? That is a great question. Um, it's a lot like Divinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a lot like Divinity. I don't, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but to me, like the long and short of it is that it's mostly Divinity 3. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when Baldur's Gate first got, when Baldur's Gate three first got announced, gosh, five years ago now or something like that, like a real long ways back and everyone, and it was announced that Larian was doing it. I think people were excited because Larian's a great developer, but there were also people who thought, you know, Bioware is the kind of creators of Baldur's Gate, uh, franchise. Obviously it's set in D and D, but Baldur's Gate one and two were from Bioware. Mm-hmm. And as far as spiritual successors, Pillars of Eternity is probably a lot closer to what those original Baldur's Gate games were. And so maybe some people wanted Obsidian. And people said, 
as a pejorative, as an insult, oh, this is just going to be Divinity Original Sin 3. Mm-hmm. It kind of is Divinity Original Sin 3 in a way, but I don't think of that as a bad thing. It's, mm-hmm. it, it is it is a lot of those same structures and mechanics and kind of world design perfected and refined even more. And of course, just set on the Sword Coast, set in the, you know, world of Faerun and with the D&D 5th edition rule set. Um, I, th- I think it works great. I think it's very, very, very much like Divinity, but that's not a bad thing in my mind. Yeah, the the kind of read that I was getting from it, as someone who has only played, by the way, my daughter's playing dinosaurs outside and it's rainy, so the, <laughs> you hear constant yelling on my end. It's just playing dinosaurs. Supply. It's playing dinosaurs. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear this, but anyway, I can't. I don't think I can hear vague background noise, but I don't think it's going to pick up by the time okay. we clean up the audio. Okay, that's good. But uh, I don't know. Maybe people want to hear the dinosaurs. Okay, anyway, but as someone <laughs> who's, who played uh, Divinity Original Sin three, I kind of read Baldur's Gate as Divinity with cutscenes. Oh, that's a good way of thinking of it too. That's a whole thing, yeah. Because, because like, yeah, the uh, previous Larian games, at least in it, that I saw, like hadn't done like you know first person cut scenes and like really got down there and then with the characters and had a bunch of animations and that like i see all these screenshots and they're looking great the character models are beautiful like it's looking like a beautiful game and i'm very excited to play it one day but (laughs) so yeah it's like how how are the cut scenes are they like are they a little like oh, janky they're or are they, they're glorious? They're fu- okay. They're fucking glorious. They're amazing. I don't want to make your wait even longer, but they're no, fucking it's... fantastic. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, do you want to give people a little, not a whole story, but like, um, why are you not playing at launch with us? Oh, right. Uh, so, uh, long story short, uh, I have moved for the third time in three years and I hate my life. I do. And, uh, we just moved to a place that doesn't currently have internet. They just haven't laid like the lines down because it's kind of a new place and, um, we'll get it eventually. We are told, (laughs) I don't know when. Uh, so right now we are brought to you live by my phone's hotspot and I just, (laughs) I I am not able to download fucking Baldur's Gate three on a phone hotspot. No, you're not going to (laughs) work. 122 no, I, gigabytes would not do it on a phone hotspot. No, it would not. It would not be good. I um at the very least um I do have something to type me over. I've been getting into Final Fantasy 14, the MMO, um which oh, actually nice. does pretty well on the phone hotspot. Uh but I had to download a patch the other day. Um people that play the game know the patch. It wasn't like a big one and like that took like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, you're playing an MMO on a hotspot? Oh, you're brave. I it's actually doing okay. I'm really surprised. I haven't really noticed any lag. No one's like gotten mad at me or anything. And like it's it's been okay. I, I think just because Final Fantasy like is pretty good about mm-hmm. sending only small amounts of data. And like I have 5G and apparently it does pretty well. Um so like we're doing okay so far. I'm yeah. still in like a lot of like the single player areas anyway, so we're just gonna kinda Get that by, but uh, yeah. Do you want to um, say who your mobile provider is? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, AT and T. <clears throat> oh, AT and T so, would kill you if you tried to do 122 gigs <laughs> from oh, all yeah, these I, I already like crunched the numbers on like if that was possible, and uh, AT and T yeah. just spat in my face and laughed at me and <laughs> called me a little yeah, bitch. Yeah, I, I, I have. <laughs> 
I've been there, uh, not not with AT and T calling me a little bitch per se, but I have mm-hmm. I've moved and not had internet. And uh, I yeah, I think at that time I had AT and T as well. And you know, the first time I slightly overused like whatever little cap or whatever, it's like they start sending you the thing that says this is how much you're going to get charged per thing uh, of overage. And I'm like, oh shit, let's not do that. Yes, yeah, so I, I already had like all the devices locked down to be like okay, and just like a little bit shy of the. The limit. It's like Peter's gonna freak out and go, no, no, stop! Five dollars. <laughs> Don't do it. It's not worth it. <laughs> so Katie, so Katie has a good excuse uh, to be um, uh, not present in class. Uh, so, so okay. So we'll continue to talk about Baldur's Gate three, I'm sure, in the future because this game is gonna. It's a behemoth. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm. Here's the thing, though. What I'm worried about, watch Jordan. It doesn't, it takes me like over a year to get internet. And this is the fucking year with Dreadwolf. Just watch, just watch oh, it happen. No, no, it's I, not. We it would just, this. would just be my luck that this is what's happening. And I'm going to be so mad. I might just like be that person that's built like bringing in a full ass PC to Starbucks. I was right about to say that. You're going to put your PC in a wheelbarrow and just roll on down to Starbucks. Basically, and just be that person and someone's going to come by and be like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? And I'm like, just don't worry about it. <laughs> Honestly, the Starbucks barista might be like, oh, Dragon Age. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Uh, so, all right. So Baldur's Gate 3. Yes. It is phenomenal. You asked about the cutscenes. Oh god, mm-hmm. the, the cutscenes are remarkable. Um, I think I was pleasantly surprised. I'm hesitating to try and not use the word shocked, but when mm-hmm. I just booted up the game for the first time, character creator, and you can like do the fully zoomed out, like torso up, zoomed in, like face zoomed in, and going all Uh-oh. the way in. To look at the eye color, the hair, the skin, the um, what's did it called? You, did you click the nose close option? And uh, yeah, that's there. I mean, it's there. The, there's an image on, uh, not image, a video on Twitter going around of streamers getting like jump scared of the no close option because they just click it, not thinking about it, and <laughs> suddenly there's full nudity on the Twitch streams and they're freaking out. <laughs> Yeah, the Twitch the Twitch streams one is pretty funny. There's also a, 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 I don't use TikTok, but my friends do, and so they like to send mm-hmm. me the, the ones that they see. And there's one where the guy is like flipping out, like he's just really, really sort of excited about. I don't know if excited is the right word, <laughs> he, but he seems like he's just going on and on about how many penises there are. And I'm like, bro, if you just look down, like you have a penis. Have you not seen a penis? And you're like, you have one. It's not that big of a deal that this is in a game. Cyberpunk did it and they got attention for it. Other games I feel like have done it. Um, but people are, they're quite, um, they get a big reaction out of people. I, like, well, there's a penis. I, it's a vagina. Here, I have to ask, is there, I, do you actually ever see it? Like, is this like a, you're, you're picking it and then, yeah, later on, when you go to Pound Town, you, you definitely <laughs> notice your choice of wiener. Uh, I don't know, because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of avoiding anything that's horny anyway. I haven't, there hasn't really been that much there. Some of the characters are kind of flirting with each other. I've definitely not pursued any romance. Um, mm-hmm. I don't any- think I've bypassed any hookup options either yet. You're just not really into the romances or you're you're 
playing a chaste paladin because I thought you were playing a paladin. I am playing a paladin. Um, the character, oh man, there's there's so much to go over. The characters are amazing. I'm not saying that I'm dead set against um, having my character romance one of the party members, but just specifically on the on the aspect of does do the genitalia pop up anywhere? Not as of yet. Not as of yet. Um, okay. So I don't know if that's just a I don't know if that's just a thing that they felt they needed to do for character creation. Um, it doesn't really. It doesn't really, so to speak, pop up um, in cyberpunk either. I just think it's kind of a neat way to get attention, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like people talk about it, like in, in the pre-release hype, when that was sort of discovered uh, that there was a slider for that in cyberpunk. I feel like there was, you know, at least a few news stories and influencer reaction from it. I think Baldur's Gate and Larian are just being kind of savvy and knowing that mm-hmm. it's the same thing with the bear sex. Like, is that oh, really yeah. going to is that really going to be a popular choice or is that really going to be something that well, affects the, the overall narrative? I think for yeah. the meme. Yeah. You you have to make memeable moments. I kind of rolled my eyes at the bear sex thing and the penis slider, but uh, I only roll it like as a player. From a business standpoint, I'm like, that's really fucking smart. <laughs> bear sex. They, they got themselves trending off of that. See, I can on 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 the the wiener slider and picking your vulva and stuff like that. Like it, I, I can see and like because I, I think how it worked in Cyberpunk, it also changed how the clothes fit you. And like, okay, that that's something noticeable and is a reason. And maybe that happens in Divinity, but like, I, there's different shapes apparently. I'm like, okay, if that if you never actually see that, then like that's a lot of work put into like letting you customize genitals. <laughs> can you pick your nipples? Can you get dish placed nipples? Is this another thing you can do? <laughs> No, there's nothing on the nipples. How fucking amazing, like how hilarious would it be if, um, (laughs) how hilarious would it be if like they didn't ask for that? (laughs) Like Sven or whoever, or like the lead devs were like, yeah, we just need one penis, one vagina. And they put one person in charge of it. And then they came back in like a weekend (laughs) with like six different (laughs) options. They just like spread their, they printed them out. Like, why'd you print it out? They just spread them all over the table. And they're like, okay, so this is penis A. This is penis B. Notice the difference. And they hold them up side by side, like on the left side of their face and the right side of their face, like a crazy person. And they're like, notice the difference. Subtle, the curvature. Okay. All right. That's A and B. This is C and D. Notice the theme I'm going for it. And they're just like, oh shit, this person took their assignment away too seriously. I, the problem is there probably is concept art of the different wieners. That that has to be a thing that, oh, God, do you think if you buy the Baldur's Gate 3 art book, it's going to be in the <laughs> <laughs> if, if there is, someone let me know if that's real. If I was designing the concept art book, I would have it be like where you turn the page and it's just like a full page like chapter heading that just says like whatever chapter three and then like below that dicks and that would just be like the whole <laughs> the uh, whole chapter yeah the whole <laughs> chapter so so anyway yes that's in there bear sex is in i don't know how we got to this <laughs> i don't know how to get us back um, uh cutscenes we were talking about cutscenes uh, the cinematic quality of this game is really sort of oh character creation yeah when i when i first got into the game i was blown away by how much detail there was in, you know, just the textures of the skin, the eyes, the hairs. Uh, when you look at their armor, like 
on the paladin, the sort of tunic or whatever that they're wearing over their scale mail, you can mm-hmm. see the stitching or the embroidery of the of the sigil that's on the chest. Like it looks mm. so good. It's incredibly detailed to the point where, you know, the the concession or the thing that we've accepted the CRPGs up to this point, Pillars of Eternity, um, Divinity Original Sin 2, Pathfinder is that it's a top-down perspective, sort of pseudo-isometric. The cutscenes or the dialogues are really happening in a dialogue box. And even if there's voice acting, you're really looking at that dialogue box. And so none of these assets have ever had to hold up up close. And so none of these games have ever had assets like this. Mm -hmm. This is the first CRPG that has all of the choice and consequence that we want from these other more text-based, less cinematic games but they have cutscenes that are just as good as what's in Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah, and that, I mean, it's so far everyone, I haven't seen anyone say that they don't like the game. Everyone on Twitter, you, like everyone I've talked to that is playing it is like having a fucking blast. I said something to my friends uh, this week and, and a couple of them were like, whoa, bro, you got to slow down with this because we all like fantasy games and RPGs. I said, this is the perfect fantasy RPG. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's per- I'm not saying best. I'm just, you know, maybe you could put other things in the category of perfect. But as much as I love The Witcher 3, there's a lot of people who are like, well, I don't want to be a Geralt. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a big thing mm-hmm. that comes up for The Witcher 3. He's Geralt. He's a human. There are elves and dwarves and other races in this world. How come I have to be Geralt? How come I have to use a sword and signs? How come I can't be a full archer or whatever? It's like, so there's limitations there as far as how the narrative is going to go, how the gameplay is going to go. In this game, they're laying out all the fantasy tropes, all the fantasy storylines you can think of. Like I'll go into some of them here in a second as far as like what the side quests are, et cetera. It's the whole shelf. You're in a, you're in a Costco of fucking fantasy mm-hmm. tropes. Mm-hmm. And all the shelves are stacked. You can be any character you want to be from the fantasy sort of lineup. You can experience seemingly all of the different stories and moments and tropes that you would expect in a fantasy world. And it's done to the highest degree of production quality. It's astonishing, honestly. It's like it's like a daydream. Like, that's the way it reminds me of, like, being a kid and daydreaming and you could just make it feels like you're able to make up anything as you turn every corner you're like, oh shit, now we're doing this, now we're doing this, now we're doing this fantasy kind of moment, etc. It's just the whole lineup of everything you could want from a fantasy role-playing game. Oh man. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> it's I know. I guess like I said, I don't want to make it worse, but it's it's everything you think it is. Yeah, I I because I I Divinity had this type of thing, and then I even saw like a clip of like Matthew Mercer fucking around where he like um essentially what i'm getting at is like using weird solutions to get to the answer i i don't really know what the setup was but he needed to get over a wall for like a a, into a castle or something and so he just stacked like a hundred boxes and then climbed (laughs) up on top of each one and it worked and he he was even like on stream with the is his name sven the 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 yes, producer, Sven, the yeah, man himself. He he was on there, and the guy was just laughing. I'm like, "Hey, that's great! I'm glad that worked out." You know, and like that's like as as good as one of the intended solutions that they went for. And so, like the game, it like is is cool with you just fucking around and doing weird things. And like it's 
it's going to be fun these next upcoming months, like seeing how people get around and like seeing all like the, um, uh, not the live streamers, what are they called? Speed runners just like absolutely tear into this and just do some absolutely insane shit just to get, get it going. I, I, I will say like as an outsider though, and having played divinity, I, I really like divinity and I played it once most of the way or all the way through. And then a second time after they did like a big update and I just got so overwhelmed because there were so much shit. So I wanted to know, like, is this kind of like divinity level? Like everywhere you turn, there's a new quest and like your quest log is like 400 quests or something uh, like that. I, I can report that is in fact the case. Uh, yeah. I would say it's, I don't want to say it's worse. I'd say it's at least as bad as far as the density. Because okay. I, 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 I guess there's like two types of people. Like, I feel like me as a high schooler would have fucking loved that. It's great. I'll spend hours on it. Me with a three-year-old, I have like two hours a day of gaming time and I need to get through this story. God damn it. So I, I, I. Part of me even wonders, like, yeah, whenever I am able to play this, like, why, like, I'm going to have to block out, like, the next year of gaming time just devoted to Boulder's Gate with how big this thing is. And, like, I'm sure it's great and I'll love it, but I, I guess that's my only worry is, like, is this thing going to, like, be my life for, like, the next year? <laughs> I, I <laughs> think I, it's very possible. Am I going to be able to finish it, you know? I think you. I think you're touching on something very important. I I, I completely um, not as far as having a two year old, but just in general having less time to game. I relate to that, mm-hmm. and I I did something that I don't do often anymore. Is I took a couple days off of work just to play this, mm-hmm. uh, which is an extravagance. I can't even emphasize to people how much that felt like a luxury I shouldn't have given myself. I'm kind of glad I did, honestly, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played this during the work week. You know what I mean? And like, I'm, I'm afraid there's just going to, you know, come tomorrow because we're recording this on Sunday. I'm just going to hit a wall of being like, well, I can play for 35 minutes tonight. And, you know, it's like, it's hard to make progress in a game like this. It feels like there are some big battles that take 35 minutes. <laughs> That's another like, thing with Divinity where some yeah. of the fights are so fucking long. Yeah. Are they at least able to like um, Divinity was at least nice where you could just like pause in the middle and like just come back later. Uh, does is this kind of have that feature? Like if I'm in if I'm in a really long cutscene, can you just like pause it for a second, save it? And make it yes, <laughs> thankfully gone? you can quick save or or manual save in cutscenes and in battles, which I think was the same. You could quick save in battle mm-hmm. within Divinity uh, Original Sin Two, yeah. so it's the same thing here. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm really using this time to, like, <laughs> see how much time I need to, like, block out playing Divinity in six months when I eventually get there. <laughs> it's, this uh, game feels like it's going to be massive. I, I have, pl- I've put in crazy amounts of hours. I'm, I'm over 20, 25 hours mm-hmm. in, probably, um, and I'm not out of the starting area. I'm not done with the first act. Like it's just so massive and the density is incredible. Like, and, and the thing too, is like you go, if you just love to talk to people and I love talking to people in RPGs, like just picking dialogue options and just talking with people is so abundant and not everyone is a quest giver, which I appreciate because then that makes me want to just see if like, well, what can this person tell me about the world, their backstory, what's going on in the area, contextual clues. I don't hope for a new quest every time I talk to an NPC, but I do hope for 
maybe a clue to a mm. quest that I'm on. And I think that they actually do a great job of that where, um, you know, you can unlock a couple of different lines in an existing quest that sort of give you more context of where to look or will open up an additional dialogue option when you do finally come time to close that quest. So I, despite Divinity having been in early access for however many years, I have been mostly out of the loop for like what the story is. Um, like in, in just like a back of the box video game die, like summary, what can you tell me about what the story is? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, a giant mind flayer ship flies over the city of Boulder's gate and sort of seemingly, this is just like what we saw in the original, um, teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. sort of seemingly is vaporizing people at random, but they're not being vaporized. They're being like abducted and sort of put into these pods on this mind flayer ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're being inserted with these sort of tadpoles. Again, I think everyone kind of saw this in the trailer. That is, uh, uh, it, it's uh, a parasite that turns the person into a mind flayer. And your character, uh, along with your companions, are all those who've been abducted. You have a parasite in your brain it's going to kill you. It's going to turn you into a mind flayer. You need to find a way to cure yourself, cure your companions, find out why the mind flayers have been doing all this and try and put a stop to it. Okay. Okay. So there's a little bit of like, well, I'm going to say a little bit of a ticking clock element, but not so much as in like Majora's Mask where you technically only have like 24 hours to finish the damn game and you can rewind time and all that. But um but but yeah okay so that's that's the story moving forward and, and like all your can is I was wondering if is that how like they explain how you can control your companions in battle that you like share a mind link with the mind player or something like that or there is definitely a lot and I know you said you didn't mind spoilers so just for the sake of okay the others the audience yeah I was <laughs> gonna say like we're gonna try and release this relatively quick and this game's only been out for a couple of days so. What I just said right now, again, pretty much was in the trailer, um, the oldest trailer that exists of this game. So uh, I will say they definitely lean on the connection mm-hmm. that it gets established between you and your companions. But if I had to guess, I actually think that that device, that literary device of the of the parasite being in your brain, I think it serves them in a lot of ways. But one of the things that I was thinking about was that like in co-op situations, Oh. Or even just in the single play. It's like the reason why you can't kill your companions per se. Okay. Um, now, I don't know that there might not be some dramatic... And, and this is speculation, not spoiler. I don't know that there's not going to be some dramatic way within a cutscene that you could, like, zevrin somebody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But at least from a gameplay standpoint, I, I assume that's the reason why maybe you can't, like, troll <laughs> your co-op buddies or something. <laughs> That'd be uh, fun, though. But it is, so from the ticking clock standpoint, it is a very good literary device to push the urgency of why you need to be on the main quest and why these sort of disparate fellows are, are find themselves as companions, but also very minor on the spoiler front. Like, it's made clear that, like, when you get a parasite in your brain, you're supposed to turn within, like, a couple days, mm-hmm. and you and your party are not turning. <clears throat> Um, and the more you go on, you, you you kind of sort of figure that out. But that's that's very, very early on. You kind of figure out, we need to do this right away. And then after like after the tutorial section, like very, very early in, there's kind of this allusion to the fact that, well, we're not 
mind flayers yet. So what's mm-hmm. wrong? Yeah. Like, something's going on and, and it continues. It's very, I think the story is uh top notch, like okay. top notch. It's not just good. It's great. Oh man. Um, <laughs> so I, I, yeah, again, I, I struggle to even like find my placement in commenting on this game, but if any other questions come to mind, otherwise I have, I can just, I can keep going on, on any number of things about this game. Well, I know a lot of people have questions about the character creator because um, I <clears throat> I have seen like a wide variety of people and I saw like the the listing they put out of like the amount of races they have and then the amount of like, uh, is it, I think it's even just starting classes. Maybe there's classes later on you can unlock, but it just looks like an absurd amount of choices. <laughs> yes. No, the character creator is amazing. I think it's 11 races, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then 12 classes and something like, I think it was 40 plus subclasses. It's a lot of choice. And I think it makes every character feel unique. And what I really, really like is that, and there's also backgrounds. The backgrounds aren't, they don't come up super often, but you can choose like a noble background, an acolyte, a criminal, uh, entertainer. And those give you sort of um, some semi-small buffs, but also some additional dialogue choices. Okay. Uh, the thing I love the most is race, background, class, and even subclass unlocking special dialogue options. Mm-hmm. I love playing a paladin because paladins in certain situations get to roll with advantage on persuading people. Oh. Um, which if you're not familiar with D&D, for anyone who's not, um, rolling with advantage just means you roll twice and you take the higher of the two. Uh, of the two roles and that can be really really um good when you're trying to take a persuade option and you have to roll persuasion mm-hmm. to convince people and that's something that's situational and unique to paladins maybe other classes have something similar but um a paladin sort of the role play fantasy is as a knight in shining armor deliverer of justice but also kind of like a arbiter um mediator type of role and so that's why you get that bonus as a paladin it's super fun mm-hmm now, did you walk in there wanting to play Paladin or was it like you you saw that advantage thing and you're like, oh, hell yeah. So oh, this is such a great question because you're basically asking me why this class, why this race? And like, yeah. if, if you look online, people have so much choice paralysis over this. Like there's so <laughs> many options and everyone's going like, oh, God, what do I play? <clears throat> you know, half elf, you know, ranger. Do I want to play a half orc, you know, barbarian? Do I want to play a gift? Mm-hmm. Do I want to play? There's so many options and I had total choice paralysis, total choice paralysis. What I did, and I said earlier, I didn't really play early access, quote unquote, really. Last weekend, I think I just said, fuck it. It's only a week away. I'm just going to do it. I'm just, I got Now I don't have to wait months and years. And so all I did was just keep re-rolling characters. Because I always do that in games like this. I start and then I restart. Oh, I start so you did and then I restart. did a practice run. Yes. Oh, I did like oh. seven practice runs, Katie. Oh I, <laughs> so I tried like wizard, sorcerer, barbarian. I was trying all the different uh, races. Because there's, like, there's gnomes. There's halflings. There's the like dragon people. Yeah, the dragon one wasn't in early access, but oh, it's in the full okay. game. Obviously, it looks amazing, though. The dragonborn looks amazing. There's so many choices that it's it is bewildering. But I tried out a bunch. 
I know I'm going to do multiple runs of this game, so I know I'll mm-hmm. try some more creative ones uh, in the future. But I kind of want, I, I like doing like sort of a classic baseline run at first. So just human, noble, paladin, oath of devotion. You couldn't get more kind of like down the middle. Some people might say vanilla, like sort of knight in shining armor type of thing. But what mm-hmm. what I like about trying to play that type of character is if the writing is good, what they do effectively is they sort of drag that type of character archetype into the mud a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you can still be a noble character and you can still role play from that standpoint, but they make it tough. And that's what good writing is. That's why I said the writing is so great. It's like a character who's taken an oath of devotion to help the innocent and, and the weak and sort of be that sort of ultimate good character. That's only boring if the world is boring. If the world is morally gray and challenging, then trying to play that sort of paragon of morality in that world becomes really interesting. And, and I think the, the game, fuck yes. All right, all right. <laughs> fuck yes, it's really, really good. Um, I'm hesitating to like maybe give an example of one of the side quests because I don't want to spoil stuff, but mm-hmm. um, this is a side quest. If some if people don't want to hear, like maybe skip over this one a little bit, but there is a side quest where you're going through a swamp and you find um, an old, she's like a healer, um mystic type of person she's one of the people who according to the main quest could potentially potentially help you with your parasite problem um i think there are a number of different ways to proceed when you encounter her including a much more like just kind of going along with what she's offering but i didn't trust her and so i wasn't going to take her help and sort of what she was asking for in that situation and she also had this young woman who was in her sort of hut cabin thing who seemed a bit distressed and maybe like she was in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we started investigating around her cabin, found out that the fireplace wasn't real. It was basically like an invisible wall. Like you mm-hmm. just, you could just walk through it. There's this whole layer of like house of horrors and everything below where this woman is, uh, is basically a fey creature who's torturing people has like been keeping people down there for years in this sort of like house of horrors, et cetera, et cetera. You can ultimately end up fighting to try and free this young woman in a very sort of classic, like saving the, saving the, the girl from the witch type of thing. But when you do that and the witch kind of warns you a little bit, like you think you're such a good person trying to help her. Like this is more trouble than it's worth. And maybe you'll find that out, which is kind of like a weird way of, of, of saying that up front. But once you mm-hmm. defeat this witch character, you free the young woman and she's really pissed that you did that. Cause she's like, you ruined everything. Why did you do that? I can't believe you killed her. I needed her. And it's because her husband had died. The young woman's husband had mm-hmm. died and she had made a deal with this witch to bring her husband back to life. And she was going to do whatever was asked of her. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Why were you here? Why was she keeping you here? And she, um, the, the young woman tells you that she's pregnant and she's going to give oh. that she was going to give the child to the, to this swamp witch in exchange for bringing her husband back to life. Uh, so she's really upset that you quote unquote saved her and killed the witch because she was basically going to just give her child, sacrifice her child so she can bring her husband back to life. Oh, that's the, shitty. <laughs> 
it, it's it is very shitty. You can you can respond to her in any number of different ways, but it immediately sort of like takes the rug out from under you as far as like thinking you're just going to like dash in uh, and save people and that that's going to be that. Um, and then what's more is if you completely optionally, if you explore around the uh, the layer of this witch, you can find this sort of like twisted wand. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it adds something into your journal entry that says, maybe you should go and talk to the young woman about this. Um, essentially, this wand that you find by exploring a little bit more in the cabin potentially can bring her husband back to life. Like maybe this is what was promised to her. And so you have the option to go and show her. I played around and reloaded just because I wanted to see what some of the different options are, but you mm-hmm. can actually try to resurrect her husband with the wand, but like, surprise, surprise, it's not going to go well. <laughs> yeah. It's basically a shambling corpse and she's horrified and like, but if you don't, she's, you know, her husband's still dead and she's utterly distraught. And it's like, there is no knight in shining armor coming in to save all of the world's woes. Like, you killed a witch. Good for you. Kind of. Maybe she could have helped you as well. Who knows if she, if she probably wouldn't have ever really helped a young woman, but like, I don't know. I liked that as an example because it started off almost from a, like a cliche boring sense of what you would expect from a fantasy mm-hmm. storyline, but it, it had enough wrinkles to it that I was like, wow, okay. You know what? That was a lot more interesting than what I expected. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. It goes kind of goes like against like the normal, Especially in, like, a, the starting area. I feel like the starting area usually gets, like, the boring, like, okay, save the prince from the blah, blah, blah. So. And there's more of that. Like, I'm not going to go through it, but, but there's, like, throw a rock and you hit something that's like that. I feel like most quests are very good at having that sort of wrinkle. The Witcher 3 is also kind of good at doing that. Kind of, they like, do, setting yeah. up something that's very classic and then it's got a wrinkle to it. It's very much in that vein. So, um... Uh, maybe a, a little off the topic, but something I'm seeing all the time on Twitter is a lot of people comparing this or saying, uh, this is what Dragon Age 2 should have been. Like, this is, should have been the successor to Dragon Age Origins. Oh, that's interesting. I actually what, don't know if I've heard specifically the Dragon Age 2, but definitely Dragon mm-hmm. Age in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what, what what do you think about that, Having having played both series now? This is this is kind of an interesting one. Ultimately, I think Baldur's Gate is its own thing. Baldur's Gate Three is its own thing. It's it is much more. It's much more like Larian's other games than anything else. No matter what the comparisons are to the original Baldur's Gate, no matter what the comparisons are to Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age as a whole, mm-hmm. I've made those comparisons as well. I mean, it feels like Dragon Age Origins in some ways. Uh, but ultimately, it's most like Larian's other games. It's most like Divinity. Um, as for whether or not this is what the successor to Dragon Age Origins should have been. I mean, yeah, I guess in some sense I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. I guess I would ask those people, what do they mean specifically? Do they mean storyline? Do they mean gameplay and combat and character building? Like what specifically do they mean or all of it? Yeah. Yeah. I I can see the people that cuz here's the thing about Dragon Age. Dragon Age Origins and then literally everything else about Dragon Age is so different. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like I, I can totally see people getting into Dragon Age, Dreadwolf, and then going back to Origins to play the whole series and being like, wait, what the fuck? Hold, hold on. <laughs> this is this is different because uh, uh-huh. every Dragon Age game has been like extremely different than the other ones. Um, but like Origins specifically went heavy and like it, Dragon Age was supposed to be because, you know, Bioware did the original Boulder Gate one and two. Dragon Age was supposed to kind of be a spiritual successor to Baldur's Gate 2 because they wanted to get away from the D&D franchise to do their own thing. So in a way, they are highly related. Um, Not even in a way, they are. But um, yeah, I I guess like I was seeing some some noise of people saying like, oh, yeah, the Dragon Age people shouldn't get into this because they blah, blah, blah was some stupid bullshit. But um, (laughs) it's like... I, I can't imagine playing this game and not loving Dragon Age still. Like, it's they're just two different things. And I feel like Dragon Age has spun off into a story I'm, I like, and it's just like a whole different beast. And, like, uh, I, I love this, too. I'm very excited to play it. Um, and, I, and I like Origins a lot as well. Uh, and I can see, like, where, yeah, in another world, Origins could have started to focus more on the gameplay that looks like Baldur's Gate and keep going in that direction, but they kind of went the opposite and went it more and went more into like a action story mm-hmm. element, which you kind of saw with Dragon Age Two and Inquisition. Um, which you know, as as the game series has come on, it has less and less of the uh, like the tactical menus and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So like. Yeah, I can see like if if you like Dragon Age Origins and you didn't like Two or Inquisition, you're going to Baldur's Gate. That's just going to be your baby now. <laughs> I get yeah. that Dragon Age, but I feel like Dragon Age lost that audience like 2011. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think you're. I think you're actually right. To be <laughs> honest, in a lot of ways. So yeah, I, I there's there's been some people saying like, oh, this is going to be the Dragon Age killer, and like I don't know if Dragon Age is going to be great or whatever. I don't know anything about that, but at, at the very least, I, I think they're just two different game series now. Like, is, is, is this a lot like Origins? Yeah, but I, I just think it's gone such a different road that if Dragon Age 4 was Baldur's Gate 3, people would be highly confused. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't, I just don't think it would work. Um, and like, yeah, you could say like, oh, you know, they're going back to their roots, blah, 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 but I, I just feel like Dragon Age and Bioware trying to chase down a different beast than Larian is. But at the same time, I'm glad someone is making the game Larian's are because I, I do like those games too. And it's been wildly successful. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, which I do wonder now if like, then since this has been so successful, are we going to, is this going to be the next open world? Are we going to see more games where you can just kind of do stupid shit and it's going to let you do it like that sort of thing, you know? Right. I, I think what's really interesting is that Dragon Age Origins was meant to be a continuation of the lineage of Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter Nights uh, mm-hmm. and, and other games like Icewind Dale and yeah. Planescape and all these other different, you know, the Infinity Engine games, the CRPGs. But it was meant to be like a simplification. It was meant to be, let's take that, but let's make it a little more accessible. You've just got Mage, Rogue, Warrior, Mm-hmm. And maybe some advanced classes, but let's make this more accessible for the general audience. Let's hide the dice rolls. Let's take the let's take the tabletop aspects out of it. That's too nerdy. It has numbers. It has math. People don't want to mess with that. Let's give it 
a more exciting feel, and that's how it's going to carry forward into the future. But you fast forward like 10, 15 years from that, and CRPG revival kind of happened, and then in a weird way, I don't know if it was Stranger Things, I don't know what it was, but fucking Dungeons and Dragons, oh, I'm sorry, Stranger uh, Things and um, Critical Role. Critical Role, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons is more popular than it's ever been. Yeah. I meet people at work who are like <laughs> grown adults who have no problem being like, yeah, I want to start, I want to start learning how to play Dungeons and Dragons and like a, in like a corporate environment. Like you meet people in small talk and this comes up like that's something that's in that would have been insane in the nineties. There's no I, way that an adult would say that to someone at their job. <laughs> when my husband started his new job, his coworkers like, Hey, are, are you bit? Cause he works remotely. Hey, are you busy for lunch? And he's like, Oh no, what's up? Uh, do you want to join our D&D, remote D&D game? Yeah, absolutely, man. And it was, and here's another thing. I, I say D&D. It wasn't even D&D. It was like an obscure tabletop thing. So, like, they're they're heavy into it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it, 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 yeah, you know, it, it it's, you, you would not have gotten that, like, even 10 years ago, I feel like. Yeah, so. I, I think, I don't know, I mean... Is it a mistake? Is it not a mistake? I don't know. I think you could go either way. But at that time, people, and probably not even the people at Bioware, I feel like that was maybe more of a publisher thing or an executive thing where people thought, this is confusing, it's nerdy, and you're not going to get the mass audience with dice rolls and you know all of these complexities that come with a pen and paper tabletop game. But that hasn't proven to be true. Those things are more popular than ever before. There's something about the the zeitgeist now, like from a pop culture standpoint, where people like it, mm-hmm. and it just who knows how long it's going to last. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be here for a second and it'll be gone. But for the time being, I think Baldur's Gate three dropped at exactly the right time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People are very into this stuff. I I yeah I will say like in defense of Dragon Age, uh, dumbing things down. Like I think when it was released, that's kind of what the community wanted like that's that's what people wanted like people people were probably were complaining about like all the the nerdiness of D and didn't want to do that sort of thing so hiding a lot of those elements is probably what made it so like sell you know and like e- even now like i i'm sitting here worrying oh god there's going to be so much side quests and stuff to do and boulder skate i don't know if i'm going to finish that like i because i've played the game so many times i know you know, in, in Dragon Age Origins, it's really not that, you know, daunting to do everything all at once, you know? Mm-hmm, so I, I, mm-hmm. I guess me being a busy adult appreciate the, uh, the simplification of Dragon Age. Maybe that's why I like the series a lot. But like, yeah, I can totally see why people are loving this and like, I'm probably going to love it. Um, I probably, I just don't know if I'm going to do like 100 playthroughs like I do with Dragon Age. I just don't know if I have it in me because I, I could not do it with Divinity. And I liked Divinity a lot. Yeah, and there's also just, there's always other things to play as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so it's weird. Like, I mean, there was a point where I played Mass Effect on a yearly basis. I haven't done that for the past couple of years. I haven't actually done a run of Dragon Age in several years, a few years. Was your last um, run of Dragon Age uh, Tamar? Uh, yeah, I actually think I was doing a personal playthrough around the time when we were streaming. So it's around that time, yeah. I mean, to be honest, like I haven't really played it either because I've just been so busy. I think my last 
personal run. Well, okay, maybe it was like a year ago, so that's maybe not as dramatic as yeah. <laughs> as you are. But like, yeah, for someone who does content on Dragon Age exclusively, I don't think I've opened the game in a while. Um, all the content I've made on it has been without opening the game for the most part. Um, and I, I think it also doesn't help that like my mods are a mess right now. So I just know the next time I open the game, yeah. I'm going to have to deal with that. And now I can't download shit. So I'm just <laughs> going <laughs> to... Yeah, I mean, it's like the, the, these games for us, Mass Effect and Dragon Age, they became mm-hmm. comfortable for us over a course of years. Yes. And so it's it's easy to replay them. But for me to want to replay any video game at this point, there's a really, really, really high bar at this point. The Witcher 3 has made it. Cyberpunk has made it. Mm-hmm. And well, I, I, I beat Red Dead Redemption 2 three times. I, I, let's mm-hmm. say Let's say that's made it. But that's it. Those are the only games in Well, I would be interested to decade. see if you feel this way about Baldur's Gate when you finish it. Because like every like I, yep. I guess I'm wondering if because when, when I played Divinity, like the first two, because there was it was kind of split up into maps. And I believe there was like four maps. The first two maps were like killer. There was a lot to do is whatever. And then like the third and the fourth map were just like really quick and uh, kind of clunky in a little bit. So I'm, I'm wondering mm-hmm. if that happened again, because like no one's played like the last part of the, the second game. act, the third act. Yeah. Yeah. So I am going to be really interested in if they were able to stick the landing of this game. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I totally and- agree with that. I think games are measured based on for me personally, other people will feel differently, but I think the true measure of a game is its longevity, mm-hmm. how well it lasts over time. And for me personally, I do measure it by, how many times I want to replay it, how many times I go back to it. Not everybody thinks that way. Some people just think you judge it based on the peak of your enjoyment when you're playing it. I sort of think of it as I really judge games now based on, is it a game I'm going to play for years? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you'll have to update us on when you you finish the game and how it's going. I don't know if that'll even be, a, maybe it's a full episode and you're giving your review of the full game. Um, but yeah. There is... Th- there is tons and tons and tons of th- of content and things to say about it. And uh, I, I agree with what you just said. I just want to echo this. Like mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm very early in the game. Um, the point that you made about divinity kind of feeling like it was super, super broad in the beginning. And then it got much narrower in the second act and, mm-hmm. and subsequently third act. I think that's true. I think that potentially could happen, but I wonder that would be really disappointing if this if this happened with Baldur's Gate 3 because I can't imagine the actual city of Baldur's Gate being like a reduction of quality or scope or things to do. I imagine when you get to the city is when it really opens up, but I'm not there yet. That's speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope that's not the case. But I have seen some reviewers who have somehow, people who got review copies, um, and they only got it sunday before the game came out on thursday and some people beat it oh god and those reviewers said one of them said that they that they played it for 16 hours in a day oh my god i was like jesus christ man i guess that's what happens when you're a pro um but one of one of the things that that reviewer said is that the stories actually in their opinion got better as the game went on they didn't they didn't let up and i just thought that was really really encouraging to hear that is, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I hope it's Sixth Landing. I hope it does well. I hope that this causes more big budget CRPGs and maybe Dragon Age, because it's probably too late for Dreadwolf, but hopefully Dragon Age 5 maybe takes a little inspiration and all you tactical fans can get a bone thrown at you. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's. I know we're close to an hour. How are you on time? I feel like I've done a terrible job of 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 <laughs> full of fully recapping because there's so much stuff. I mean, um, we. If you got something else you want to add, I got. I, yeah, I got minutes. Uh, let me let me just see how much I can rapid fire this. Um, seeing dice rolls on screen is really cool. Yeah, I don't, I've I don't, seen I, some of the clips of it. They look really neat. It's so satisfying. One of my friends who who's never played D anD D but always wanted to got the game and played it, and they're like, "Holy crap!" Like the fact that you see, is this what playing D anD D is like? I go, "Yeah, you roll <laughs> dice. You see the dice. It's like it's exciting to see it roll. It's like, oh man, I got a nine when I needed a ten, but oh, I have." This but and the way that it animates the plus one, the plus two, like mm-hmm. bonuses and stuff, it is utterly satisfying to see a dice roll. You can change the skin of the die. Like if you oh, pre-ordered, you, you gotta oh, Yeah, you, you can change the right. color. I think they're gonna do more in the future for sure. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if it's free DLC to be like, here's some extra colors to customize your diet. Yeah, that'd die. be it's so like, cute. Or even like that's probably gonna be a mod, honestly. Oh, I hope so. Already. I hope they do a Christmas one. I hope they do like holiday, <laughs> holiday mm-hmm. dice for free. Um, that's incredibly satisfying. So I just wanted to say that the characters we haven't even talked about any of the companions. Oh God, yeah. Katie, okay. they're all good. Really? They're they're all good. They're, there's okay. not one of them that's not good. <laughs> I'm I'm going to probably get crucified here, but every clip I've seen of the vampire guy, he just seems insufferable. Maybe that's kind of like part of the charm. Oh my but, god, I love Astarion. He's okay. fantastic. And I and don't get me wrong, like from a role play standpoint, my paladin hates him. But like <laughs> he's so good, man. Astarion's great. He has this thing. Oh my god. Okay. So you know when you click characters, same thing in Dragon Age, they go like, mm-hmm. yes, like mm-hmm. what did you need? Or something like that. <laughs> Sometimes, just randomly, when you click on Astarion to take control of him, he goes, Don't touch me. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's such a great. That's such a great little bark for him to say. Don't touch me. Um, the other thing that that reminds me of banter, Katie. The banter. It's look. Oh, they it? took it. They they took the page from Dragon Age, right? Like they're mm-hmm. to me. They are clearly trying to do what Dragon Age did with companion banter, and it's in my opinion, it's Alistair and Morgan Good. Like they fucking wow. snipe at each other. Like they, you can see them, you can see them flirt sometimes. You can see the ones that don't like each other, like taking shots. Sometimes they have those sort of deep, you know, like personal conversations. There's continuing little narratives between the two characters as you, as you travel with them. And it's frequent. The, the banter is frequent and I love it. I absolutely love it. It reminds me so much of Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. Um, so banter top notch um uh uh the uh the i think i've already said this but just like the class differences are very satisfying as someone who sort of re-rolled in early access several of them Mm -hmm. um they all allow for unique solutions to the quests um they all allow for very unique uh gameplay you can respec easily at any time if you don't like the class that you rolled or if you just want to redo your stats. Yeah. It's a hundred gold. You can do it in camp. It's very, very simple. They don't penalize you. It's unlimited. You can, you can re-roll your stats as much as you want. I guess I don't know the economy, but a hundred gold sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I've been, I've been going around, you know, like I said, I'm not that far in. I've got 
couple thousand, few thousand for the party. Hundred gold mm -hmm. is like nothing. Yeah. Um. I I I am the environmental. Uh, this is true in divinity as well. But when you're in battles, environment matters so much. High ground yeah. is a really significant thing to your chance to hit. Um, if archers are hitting you and they're on a bridge, you can destroy the bridge, you know, throwing oh. barrels of water, electrocuting stuff, um, dropping chandeliers down on top of people by shooting it with an arrow or something like Ooh. that. It's incredibly satisfying to alter the environment and, uh, and mess with your enemies in that way. I, I do love a good environmental, like the chandelier thing sounds pretty fun. Yeah. 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 Um, I do have, I do have some little, Grapes. I'll throw this in here to like maybe slightly balance it out as far as nitpicks. I love the combat. I love the battle system. I think they're they're doing a good job of capturing fifth edition D and D and the video game. But some of the encounters, just like in Divinity, they're a bit too long. Um, yeah. I don't like how outnumbered you are. I don't mind a game being hard, but I rather have it be hard by having like a boss battle that's a boss that's two levels higher than us and it's us against this this really cool boss rather than you know the boss and like 12 minions because we're just we're, they have triple our numbers and it's it can be it can take so long for them to kick your ass <laughs> that it's like <laughs> if i was gonna lose at least i could just wipe you know in a real time with pause game when yeah. you wipe you wipe fast you're like oh shit my whole party's dead already with this you almost feel like save scumming because if you don't get the the right rolls in the early turns or in the first few rounds, you're like, do I really want to wait 29 minutes? I already know I'm not going to win. If I, if I didn't start off good, maybe I should just save scum. And I yeah. hate save scumming. So I don't know. I feel like they need to work on that balance a little bit. The encounters are just too long sometimes. Yeah, I remember that being a problem I had with Divinity. Um, yeah, I, 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 there's so much to say about this game. Um, each of the individual companions, like I said, is really, really, really good. Um, it's it's hard to say how I'll feel about them at the end. All of this is still my really my act one first impressions. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they'll get annoying. Maybe they'll get boring. Maybe they'll kind of drop the ball as far as their depth when we get further in. But I would just say at first impressions, like the feeling of like there's a there's a kind of like a lackadaisical or like a non-opinion that i had about some of the companions say from like mass effect andromeda of like yeah. oh well i can see this is one of my companions and i'm supposed to think they're really cool or whatever but okay i have i have nothing i really don't care about them one way or another mm -hmm. that hasn't happened once in Baldur's gate 3 it, it feels much more like origins like inquisition the companions all feel they do feel special and unique but they don't feel like they're in your face about it Mm -hmm. um, and they all feel like they have their own thing that they're trying to do. And it just so happens these circumstances have forced you all together. So uh, the camp, the camp. Oh, my God. Again, <laughs> the camp feels very Dragon Age Origins. I like, I mean, yeah, it was a camp last time. So our in Origins. It, 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 it feels, quote unquote, exactly like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where a lot of the big conversations come in. Um, it's customizable to a certain oh. extent as far as like who you welcome into your camp. Like you can, we have a dog now. There's a dog in our camp. We have a pet oh. dog. 
Um, I understand that there's potentially a pet owlbear. Oh. Baby baby owlbear uh, that can make it to your camp. Um, different people who you meet along the way kind of like rescue or save them. They can mm-hmm. come join your camp. Um, I, I love the camp dynamic. Almost every time you do a long rest and, and return to camp, there's like a, you know, it triggers like a unique cutscene or interaction with some of your companions. Mm, like when you would go back uh, to camp in Origins and you'd have like a big talk with Liliana about hair or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Hey, everyone, freaking Astarion's a vampire. <laughs> It's actually really funny the way that they all react to him being like the fact that he's a vampire or, you know, some of the some of them don't um, don't always get along. Uh, mm-hmm. And so sometimes they uh, they have it out. They have arguments. Sometimes actual fights break out. It's pretty great. Um, I think stuff like that's great. Um, talking, actually triggering the conversation in the field. You can talk to people in camp, but you can just straight up talk to them out in the field. Um I feel like in Inquisition, when we lost that, I kind of missed it a little bit. And same thing with Mass Effect. I kind mm-hmm. of missed that a little bit. So are you going to... So I actually didn't like it in Origins because the I remember the first time I triggered the um, Alistair giving you a rose during the romance, I was a misclick in the, in a battle and I <laughs> we were covered in blood <laughs> in the middle of the deep road. <laughs> so is That's it easy good. to misclick that? Uh, I, I have not misclicked, but I do think that there's a guard against certain conversations have to be in the camp. Okay. Um, and then they'll say even like, hey, next time we're back in camp, we can talk about this. So it, it's not going to be like you click on them and they go, hey, I wanted to talk to you about something really important. They won't do the really important ones until until You're, camp. Okay. Um, but but I like I like the fact that when you click on them out in the field, they'll be like... Um, hey, yeah, you know, that witch hag that we ran into in the box, that was really crazy, right? Like, I can't believe that happened. And so that's in a cutscene. And then the the questions out in the field are maybe something personal, but more often it's like, hey, what do you think about what's been happening to us so far? And then that changes based on what's actually been happening. Like they keep having their dialogue updated to comment on whatever side quest or whatever part of the main quest you're in. Man, I can't imagine the amount of dialogue in this game. <laughs> Oh, it's insane. Uh, It's insane. And also, other side note, the main character talks more than I thought. Oh, I didn't think they talked. I thought they were silent. Right? So that was my impression. of like, okay, it's a silent protagonist. Like, they never talk in cutscenes. But when you walk up to a sign or something, they speak and they read the sign sometimes. Or they go, oh, this is interesting that this has happened. And I wonder if this character is going to blah, 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 blah. So they don't talk in cutscenes, but they have barks, and there's more of them than I realized. I wouldn't say they're frequent barks. So like that's yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, and and they're they're kind of like that, um, but slightly more. How do I put it? They're not just like oh darn, I can't open the chest. It's more like hey, this seems like this is a temple to this god, and I didn't realize that they still had these or something like that. It's a little more. And you're right. There's like. I can't imagine it because I think there's like six or seven different voice options that you can pick in character creator. Oh, I was about to ask if they had options because I ha- I feel like I haven't heard anything about the voice options. But it's not in, you know, it's it's not in, um, it's never in the cinematics, which I appreciate. 
silent protagonist for those situations is exactly the way to go. I, I think it's it, the cutscenes. I cannot emphasize enough. They look great. The animations are better than I expected. The graphics. I mean, I'm I'm running on on a high PC and all that different stuff, but it just looks phenomenal. Um, it it does have some frame rate issues, very similar to Divinity. It's not perfect technically. I have mm-hmm. had minor bugs. For a game this size, you just kind of accept the fact that you know when you're in a busy town, it's going to have a little bit of frame drops that it shouldn't have, and it's going to run into some minor bugs, but nothing terrible. I'm just now imagining that it, over a year from now, when I eventually get and are able to play Baldur's Gate 3, we have a review of Baldur's Gate. Katie got to play. Now we'll, let's talk about how it is with all the uh, the bugs fixed and all of that. Yeah, and mods, oh, hopefully, right? Like, I can't mods. wait for mods yeah. to come out. Oh, God. And, and then, like, I'm, do you think they'll do DLC? I don't think there was a lot of DLC for Divinity. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I think I think you're right about that. And I I, I can't remember. I don't want to say it because I'm going to misremember it. I feel like they said something to the effect of. We've spent all this time on this, like no plans for DLC, but that might be wrong. Yeah, I I mean, I can see them not doing DLC. I think that's fine. They they spent like how long has this thing been in early access? You know, I yeah. they, they want to do other things. Um, and maybe they're going to, who knows, maybe they're going to take this style and then do Divinity in it, you know, do something like that. That I that would be cool. They did say we're not done with Divinity. That quote, I remember very clearly. They said, don't mm-hmm. worry, we're not just going to be the Baldur's Gate developer forever. Divinity is coming back at some point. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if they did do this format with Divinity, it'd sell great. Because I think even Divinity Original Sin did pretty well, too. The, uh, the yeah, one. it did. It did. Yeah. Um, All right. Lastly, I just want to throw this out there because I know you referenced it as well a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know where this came from about this like Dragon Age versus Baldur's Gate kind of a thing. Oh, you see it on Twitter? Yeah. I saw a tweet and I don't mean to be rude, but I saw a tweet that said something to the effect of people are saying it was one of those. I've seen a lot of people saying Dragon Age people not allowed or shouldn't or whatever. And I got to be honest, I haven't seen that anywhere. Have you okay. seen that actually? Okay, I'm so glad you brought this up because someone said that and I went, girl, I am bored enough right now that I am ready to feast on some shitty drama. So I looked. <laughs> I it's looked, not there. Of, it's not there. There. Okay, hold on. There was one tweet. There was one tweet of some, I don't even know what account it was. I'm going to assume it was a teenager uh, saying it was something on the lines of like, Dragon Age players don't deserve Baldur Gate because they think they like Dragon Age and it's a shitty game or something like that. It, it, it was around that idea. And it, it was just kind of like a shitty off the cup, no one cares. And then like one person saw that and then it was yeah. all the tweets of I heard that there was an, uh, yeah. benefit of the doubt. Maybe this conversation was having another media platform and then it got to Twitter and like no one was saying on Twitter. I don't know. But I, I think it's just like it, and Twitter's done this thing for ages where one person will have a shitty opinion and then suddenly everyone has to like t- talk about how they heard one person have a shitty opinion. So that means everyone has a shitty opinion. And aren't you disappointed <laughs> that someone has a shitty opinion? When I saw that tweet, uh, by the way, thank you. Uh, kudos to Katie for doing the research because I didn't have time to do that research. But I suspected <laughs> that exactly what you just described is is what happened. Because I wanted to, to see, me. I was so ready for like, 
to defend Dragon Age? Not even to defend Dragon Age, just to see some like shitty take of someone thinking that like yeah these game fandom <laughs> factions are like these hard lines that should be defended or need defending and it was just right it like it it, it was console wars all over again i was so fucking excited about it and i it, it what didn't exist and i'm so sad I, uh, but, yeah, when i, I saw it i didn't think it existed and i'm not trying to be mean to the person i don't even really know who it was i don't remember that account <laughs> or whatever but i just remember seeing that tweet and to be perfectly honest with you right away what it sounded like was like a lady who goes to the grocery store and somebody looks at her weird and she imagines that they said something mean to her and then she imagines telling them off and then goes home and writes a story about it on facebook (laughs) and everyone goes did that really happen and she goes yes it happened that it totally did not happen that's what Uh that tweet sounded like i go that's not even a thing everybody is happy about Baldur's gate 3 and it's not one or the other like, we're all going to play Dreadwolf when that comes out. I think that's going to be a very different game, to your point. I think they're mm-hmm. going in a different direction, more towards, you know, real time, more towards action, more towards accessibility. I'm here for that, too. I'm going to love that, too. But we lost this. We lost dice rolls. We lost this sort of intricate style of gameplay. It's mm-hmm. back now. It's working better than ever. And for people who don't necessarily love dice rolls and all that intricate gameplay, guess what? The story is really good. The companions are really good. The interactivity and choice and consequence is really good. And that's the kind of bridge that brings everyone together is regardless of the gameplay styles. If the story is good and your choices matter, like we all show up for those games. And that's that's what I love. And this is like a triumph for those type of games. Yeah. I mean, like since I mean, for as long as we've been doing this, like we've been trying to, you know, talk about and play like other Dragon Age style games and like both of us love Divinity. I never really got around to playing Pathfinder, but like if I had an infinite amount of time, like yeah, I'd pick that up too, you know? Like there, there's a whole bunch of these CRPG games that I, I really like and enjoy. They're just a little bit too too long for my lifestyle. But um, yeah, you know, it just this the idea of a, of really any, any gaming franchise versus another is just so fucking funny to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's hilarious. It, it's really hilarious. It's like it's, they're all uh, forms of entertainment. You can pick whatever one you want as much as much as you want, as little or not at all if you want. Um, I'm so glad this game came out. I, I remember yeah. when the teaser trailer came out and years ago we said, maybe this will scratch that itch. Like maybe this will be a thing that could fit that mold. Mm-hmm. And I, I can proudly say it does that and more. It has not just met my expectations. It has surpassed them. Mm-hmm. Um and honestly, this is again, it's not a it's not a knock against Dragon Age or Elder Scrolls or Witcher or any any other type of game. This is to in my opinion, this is gonna be the standard of fantasy RPGs going forward. Now Yeah, and I'm if glad I play, I want if I, more of that. If I play over the next week and they shit the bed in <laughs> the second act and third act, I'll come back or tweet and say, uh, oh, you know, the second half of the game really kind of lets down compared to the first, but just based on what I've played so far this is kind of the new gold standard for fantasy RPGs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Witcher is probably still more of a favorite for me. Dragon Age, even still, because of nostalgia, probably has more favoritism for me personally. But mm-hmm. if I try to put on something like an objective hat, the average person, again, it's like uh, being in a Costco of fantasy role-playing and all the shelves are filled. You can have whatever you want. 
uh, from a fantasy cosplay experience. That's what it is. <laughs> All the shelves are stocked. <laughs> I sorry there. <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched the Adventure Time podcast uh, with the Miguel Roy boys, but they had a running gag of an advent- uh, fantasy Costco. So there's there's like three people listening <laughs> that just sung the jingle, and it's in my head. <laughs> no, I fantasy know that's Costco. awesome. Though. Yeah. So uh, th- yeah. All right. Well, I I'm super excited for it. I am. I legitimately I'm getting such FOMO from like watching everyone post like their their like characters and cool screenshots and stories, and I'm just like sitting there pressed against the window going. Uh, no, it, lo- it looks like a ton of fun. I hope you enjoy it and everyone else does. Uh, everyone should go buy the game and play in my stead. Because uh, <laughs> I, I want to so bad. I think well, the good thing is when you play it, it'll be bug free and it'll be um, probably the best way to play it is in a few months. Well, the, the other thing I'm fearing is uh, I haven't upgraded my computer since uh, 17. So it's been a minute. Um like, but it's it's doing fine. But I've also haven't played like a new game in a while, so I'm a little bit worried on how my computer's going to handle because it, it looks really pretty. And you said it was a little bit uh, on your monster gaming rig. There's a little bit of problems. So maybe maybe I'll get like fixed before I get even touch it. But we'll see. Yeah, I think they need a little bit of optimization. I'm a I'm a real um, nerd for this stuff. So when mm-hmm. I'm I monitor all the hardware, like. I'm not hitting anywhere near max utilization on anything, mm-hmm. not for CPU, not for GPU. So when it hits those dips and some of them are pretty severe, like I have a locked 60 and then all of a sudden it'll dip into the thirties for like a second. Mm-hmm. It's like fire effects, big battles and walking into a populated area. Not so much once you're in there. So mm-hmm. there's some weird stuff about how those areas load in, but maybe they'll optimize that a little bit better by the time you're playing. Well, that'd be good. Well, uh, yeah, I, unless there's something else you have to say about Baldur's Gate, this is probably where we're, we're going to call it. You know, when yeah, I, I think- when I eventually um, finish it, we should also have an episode on Final Fantasy 14 because a lot of people Ooh. Uh, I've so I've been really enjoying it. And yeah, it's an MMO. We're going to glaze past that. But uh, a lot of people that love Dragon Age ended up really loving Final Fantasy 14. And I'd love to talk about that. So. Yeah, I, I'm not even like for people that play the game. I just got out of Heaven's Ward, uh, so I got I got a while to go. But uh, you know, when you started, I think when you tweeted, I think people were very very excited that you were going to start playing it. If I recall. Yeah, I, I I think some people wanted me to stream it at this time. I cannot stream, but maybe one day there'll be a thing to do. Um, I'm going kind of slow in it because I want to kind of like get the full story on it because that's like what the shining thing is. Um, yeah, the I I like it at the same time. MMOs like have that like I have to pay a subscription fee and that kind of is shitty. But <laughs> so I'm trying to like yeah. go slow at the same time. Like, all right, I got this many months. Let's get let's get going. <laughs> is it like, um, and I don't know because you probably have never played this, but like Star Wars: The Old Republic is an MMO, but you can mm-hmm. basically just play it like a single player RPG with a lot of cutscenes and like story. Is that kind of the idea with fourteen? Yeah, a little bit. Like, so there, there is a lot of like cutscenes, and like even in, I don't know how recommended it is. Apparently, there are some dungeons that are recommended that you take this option. Um, I don't know if I've gotten there yet, but y- there, most dungeons do have an option to play with NPCs rather than than actual people. 
Um, oh, the, cool. One thing I've noticed, though, and like I was told this, so I decided to gamble on it. The people that you like will randomly be assigned or whatever are actually really nice for the most part. It's like really a bit like that's the um, the reputation. And for the most part, that's been true. Like I've had a couple negative opinions. Like it's not like it doesn't happen, but like it's a. Uh, if you just like type in the chat, like, Hey, like this is my first time running this. They're like, Hey, no worry. No problem. If you wipe, cause you did something stupid, they're like, yeah, we'll just try it again. It'll be fine. Like everyone's really yeah. chill. <laughs> so I, I appreciate awesome. that. Yeah. Cause if, if, if it was like what I've heard, wow is, and people start yelling at you, I don't know if I'd be able to emotionally handle that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you have to find those games that are not super popular. It's always the medium sized games that have the nice communities in my opinion. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All of so, 14 huge. What am I saying? These in 14 like the number been, one. Just had like a huge um, uh, fan fest in Las Vegas or something like that. Because WoW is WoW's not still number one. Is 14 number one? Is that the biggest? I actually don't know. I don't know. The I might be. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't play enough MMOs to know. That's <laughs> uh, true. Oh, you know what? Honestly, with MMOs, MMOs, what? MMOs. <laughs> Um, it's probably like some weird one we haven't heard of. That's like Chinese language only. <laughs> that, that's you like know the what? Most that, that's one. that's probably. There's no reason for me to actually Google this, but now I'm just curious. Final Fantasy 14 is the number one. No, wait, right. sorry, that was oh. someone doing their ranking, like their opinion, oh, not the most okay. played. Well, this person thinks it's the best, <laughs> so there's that. Well, there's the there's the uh, the, the meme of uh, it's right now free trial up to the third DLC expansion pack level 70 bullshit. So if you want to play now, <laughs> come on in. So which technically I could do the free trial still, but uh, I really wanted to play a Viera because I've always loved the Viera. Because I, I, I have a history with Final Fantasy series, so I had to pay to be the bunny girl. And now I'm just a generic bunny girl because that's. I'm it's a tradition. I'm, I'm, I'm basic. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I pick the elf option. I'm a mage. We're gonna just we're just gonna move on. <laughs> Except that I'm basic <laughs> and move on. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen is definitely high up. I, I see conflicting totals, mm-hmm. but they're definitely seemingly like in the top five. So okay, I, I rescind okay. my statement. Large. It's a large community, and they're nice, which is awesome. Yeah, that's that's the big one. So we'll we'll see like uh, how I feel about it. Apparently, I'm about to go into the worst of the expansions, which apparently still isn't like bad. It's just not great. Uh, and then I get into like the, the the big cool cool ones, and then they just announced a new one for the summer. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's been Baldur's Gate and brief Final Fantasy. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, um, how do we end the show again? <laughs> Katie, where can the folks find you? Uh, you can find me nowhere because I'm a nomad to the digital <laughs> age. <coughs> um, no, uh, you can find me at Twitter, I guess. Cause, oh, sorry, you can find me on X. <laughs> oh, God, let's not even go there. <laughs> <laughs> at Gilderthalon and then YouTube at Gilderthalon. At least they're stable. What about, what about you, Jordan? Uh, the people can find me at the Exalted March on YouTube and I guess occasionally on Twitter whenever new things happen. Um, Do you mean and- X, Jordan? I'm not calling it that. No, you know, okay, real quick. Have you seen the meme <laughs> where it's like a picture of Twitter and then it's a picture of the X logo and then below that it's a picture of a Twix candy bar? <laughs> no, but I. that's a good one. You can find us that's- on Twix. <laughs> you can find us on Twix. 
Uh, where we're going to be uh, uh, sheeting, as uh, I believe it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it's called now? Well, they, they, they try to make it a tweet would be an X-E-E-T, but like with some people pronounce uh, an X like the sheesh sound, so it's sheet. <laughs> it's not zeet? Like a Z sound, maybe? No, no, it, it kind of depends on like uh, what, what language you're speaking. I... I, I I feel like an English X is rarely used, so I don't know how to fucking say it. So I'm just going to say sheet. It's funny. <laughs> anyway, go follow us on stuff. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, bye. No, Dressurall. You're supposed to say Dressurall. It's not how we end the show. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> okay, that's good. I'll take it. Where's the stop button? Now I don't know how to stop it. <laughs> Terrestrial! <laughs> Where are the brakes? <laughs>